Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, October 29, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What's on the docket today? There's a lot of stuff on the docket today. We're going to talk about numbers. We're going to talk about the position of the market on the chart. We're going to talk about the bigger picture. We're going to talk about some of the things that were discussed in last night's video. We're also going to discuss something that has to do mainly with intraday traders. We'll get to that a little bit later. And then we'll obviously take a look around the horn at a variety of different charts, a variety of different markets. We'll put the puzzle pieces together and we'll get the picture under our belt. Does anything jump off the page on the daily chart? Well, there's a couple of things that are really, really important. A, look where the market closed today as it relates to the 100 period moving average. Now, on this daily chart, the official close is 330.08. What's the price of the 100 day moving average? You see this how it turned purple? 330.08. It's the same exact number. Are there any accidents or coincidences across the market? You know the answer, but I have no choice but to bring that up. Is it bearish or bullish? It's neither. It's just interesting that they do that. It shows you that there are numbers that are important, and the more numbers you can figure out that are important, the better off you'll be. And here's another one. Not all numbers are created equal. Some are more important than others. When you can distinguish the more important numbers from the less important numbers, you're going to have a series of base hits, doubles, triples, and some home runs on your hands. Couple of things going on the daily chart. Could today be a bottom? It could be a bottom. Let me explain how that works. If it's going to be a bottom, we have to have follow through. Does the follow through have to come the following day? It doesn't have to, but it's nice when it does. It confirms the bottom. Now, I know what you're thinking. We'll get to that a little bit later. Why is he talking about a bottom when last night he talked about the bear market coming? We'll get to that later. The first order of business, if this going to be a bottom and if they're going to rally for a while, a while could be a few days, a while could be a few weeks. They first would have to close hourly and then certainly daily above the most recent breakdown candle high. That's the candle from yesterday. 332.84 is the number. Here's the high, 332.84. If they can do that, then the gap, meaning the gap left open from the prior day, closing price on this chart, 338.22, the door would be open to go fill the gap. What's right above the gap? Interestingly enough, 339.33, you have moving averages sloping down above that area. So that in and of itself, that general zone would be, if reached, overhead resistance. What else could happen on this chart? Remember, we have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. They can stay down here and they can go back and forth on this daily chart and make a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. That would be a move lower and then you would have some kind of a bear wedge going on down here that would result in a continuation move in the southern direction. So therefore, how do we gauge that? We gauge it all. The next thing we know up north is all about 332.84. Can they close hourly and daily above that number? That sets in motion the next thing up north. If they can't, we know what's going on. 
they're likely setting up a bearish flaggish thing or they're already going lower. So there you have it. Now, let's circle back to address something else. He said, could today be a bottom? And I did say that. Yesterday I said, could this be the start of a bear market? Did they hit the number that really sets in motion a longer term problem for the bulls and a bear market over the next several months? And yes, and guess what? Both are or can be true. Let me explain further. And here's the deal. I got some emails today about, hey, you said this last night and the market's bouncing and intraday you said it's bullish, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You have to go back to yesterday's video and you have to pay attention to what was said. Sometimes, and here's the lesson, so get out your notebook. The lesson is don't hear what you want to hear, hear what I'm saying and then go from there. Some of you heard bear market, you heard, hey, in a bear market, we can make a lot of money fast if we're short at the right time from the right place. All that's true. However, in bear markets, you get tremendous and sharp rallies along the way. They issue pies in the face. We talk about it all the time. I said it last night. Some of you didn't hear that last night. You must have skipped over that portion in the video. All you heard was the market's going down from here. But that's not what was said. Not in the remotest way was that said. What I said was they activated the bear. It's hard to kill a bull, so understand it's not like the market's going to just open a trap door, fall out of bed, go straight down for three months, hand you a bucket of money, and go on from there. That's not the way it works. It's very difficult to trade a bear market. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be prepared for the rallies that come. You have to be taking profit along the way. You have to participate in the rallies. The rallies could be one day, three days, three weeks, anywhere in between. You have to be prepared and you have to be on the correct side of the tape or you will get sliced and diced like never before. Which brings me to another point, and this goes to all traders, all investors, but primarily focused on the intraday traders. Here's the awareness thing you need to know. And this is really coupled with inside the numbers, so we'll start here. Trading is a business, but we can also think of it as a game. I don't mean in the way that it's fun, but it certainly is fun when you're winning, but we're thinking in terms of a game as the structure. What happens in a game? You show up in uniform, ready to go. That's number one. You have a game plan. That's number two. You have go-to plays, go-to charts, go-to chart patterns. There's strategy involved in the game. When you're up, you play one way. When you're down, you might change game plan. You might play a different way. You have to protect your players. You protect your capital. When your hottest player or any player has a hot hand, you ride it. When players go in a slump, you make an adjustment. All these things relate to each other. All these things can relate to trading. But that's not really the lesson learned. Get back the notepad. The lesson is recognizing who you're playing against. If you're new, and you're new to the game, for example, in a metaphoric kind of way, then picture this. This is what you're doing. You're stepping into the arena with the professionals. You're stepping into the arena with the major league baseball players. You're stepping on the field with the best of the best. You're stepping on the field with professional football players, basketball players. You're stepping on the court with these guys. You want to take a serve from Serena Williams? They show up 
ready to go every single day. Their goal every day is to win the trade and make money and go home. They don't care what happens to the rest of the market the rest of the time. As far as they're concerned, it's a zero-sum game. There's somebody on the other side of the trade. Don't let it be you. You're playing against the pros. You have to act accordingly. Don't take too big of a position size. Take profit along the way. You're not going to hit a home run on every trade. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. The people you're trading against, the pros, they take base hits every single day. They never know, just like us, we never know when we're going to get the home run trade, so you have to assume the base hit. You have to swing for the base hit. Nothing says that you can't become one of those professional players, but if you're not, you have to be honest with yourself and realize you're not, and you have to act accordingly. You can play in the same arena, but just recognize that you don't want to fight against the pro player. That's like fighting against the trend, trading against the trend. You want to ride the wave. If you can find out where the pro trader is positioned, guess what? You can ride the wave. Some of that, especially the end part, will become very, very clear as we go through inside the numbers. The setup in the pre-market was we can expect a wide-ranging day. That was the net-net. That's what we expected going in. That's what we got going out. Moving right along. Down south, here's what I had my eye on. 323 all the way down to 321.50. Seemed a little bit far away early in the morning, but so did some of the numbers yesterday and they fell out of bed. So you never know. And that was the spot we talked about last night. It was the breakup candle low area from the SPY chart. That's what I had my sight set on. If they tested down in that zone, that was going to be a buy zone. What we see here in the early thoughts is we should see the special team's defense come out on the field if price gets down there this morning sooner than later. It's support. If the Bulls take control after the bell, they'll try and rally price to 328 and a quarter or higher, which will be overhead resistance. As a refresher, this is the breakup candle low that we discussed yesterday. So they never got anywhere near the low, but I was looking for lower. Not too much lower, just a little bit lower. The low of day was 325.09, so they went to a big fat round number just in front of it. They bounced, they never looked back. From where I sit, other than the big fat round number from a psychological perspective, there was nothing special about three and a quarter today. That's why I didn't want to buy three and a quarter. This morning, I didn't have the number. Somebody else had the number. That's the way the market works. Now remember, these are the early thoughts. This is before the opening bell. Here comes the routine. Right of the vertical is today's activity five-minute chart. Let me give you the lay of the land. The market starts down, has the early reversal, and pulls up exactly where the first place. How about making a high of 328.37 against 328 and a quarter? Pulled back a little bit, went up to where? And this number you'll also see in the notes, 328.73. Why is that important? That's the same gap from yesterday. Why is it still important since it was filled? Because it's an important enough spot on the chart. Remember, some numbers are important or more important than others. It's an important enough number to where they're going to want to recapture that gap. That's what was going on today, a recapture of the gap. Let's move along, see what we've got. Here you go, 905. One more thing to put in your head before we get going. 
Aside from letting him go for a while to get a handle on the storyline, let's remember the gap at 328.73. It's important, the Bulls want to recapture it, and it was the most recent breakdown area from yesterday. If reached, expect resistance and a good old-fashioned bull-bear battle. Now, with that being said, let's take a look again at the chart and let's focus in this area what happened here. A good old-fashioned bull-bear battle. Once they got above, what happened again? How about running a test? Right here, they're running a test. 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, take off to the upside. They ran a test, a successful test, see you later. And you know what? This 330.86 turned out to be a bunch of nonsense. Market didn't care about that number. It's off the board. So now you start to see where having a tour guide throughout the market, before the opening bell, during the trading day, Having the tour guide is money. Real quick, right after the opening bell, flying blind real quick, had some data feed issues. They resolved themselves rather quickly. I did get nervous though, that's why I put out the note. So I was getting excited that they were starting to fall towards the low of that breakup candle, licking my chops, looking for the long trade. We'll get back to stocks on the move. I missed all the fun, any fun there was because I was flying blind. From here, what you can do is pause the video. I urge you to read the notes. Go back to the charts, double check the work. Here's them around 10 o'clock running into 328 and a quarter. We knew about that number long in advance. Know thy numbers. Now that they're above everything, 327 is actually important. That's a new number on the board today. 10 o'clock, support. They never even went down to pay a visit. Moving right along. A little after 10 o'clock, the gap, this is the one from yesterday, 328.73. They're going for it, recapturing the gap, closing hourly above is bullish. 10 o'clock in the morning, take heed in that. Let's read that again. Recapturing the gap and closing hourly above is bullish. Let's put that in perspective. Here's an hourly chart. Again, everything right of the vertical is today's chart. So what you have is the first hour of the day, they had the flush out lower. That's the shakeout operation. Then, and by the way, how many pies in the face do you think were issued today from traders that got short yesterday or worse yet, this morning? This is the way the market works. If you've been around here for any length of time, you've heard me discuss this many times, you've seen this many times, they do it over and over and over again. Let's get back to business. So they had the flush out or the shakeout operation ensue. And then my question to you is, how many hours did they close below 328.73? Remember the note, closing hourly above is a recapture and bullish. How many times did they close below? I'll give you the answer, zero. They ran a couple of tests down below. We talked about that in the notes. You'll see that a little bit later. They ate some time off the clock and then they started to rally. And here's something else you'll see in the notes. I'm giving you the whole thing before the notes. Do we have a target when they start to rally? Yes, we do. Why? Because they do the same thing over and over and over again. What's the target? How about the breakdown candle high? Where is that? This breakdown candle, which is the most recent, the high is 332.84. So somewhere up in the 332 and higher area is where the target was going to be. Now, if they go higher, so be it. But that's the target. So we're moving right along. Let me continue on. You can read the notes, pause the video. You know the routine. 1021. If they're not going to get rejected and the more they hang around under the former gap, the more likely they are to get over 
To the other side, the north side, hourly close coming up, it's important. So before the first hourly close, we're already zeroing in on the potential setup for the day. So I'm already thinking to myself, hey, if they recapture the gap and start closing hourly above the gap, bulls are in charge, period, full stop. Moving right along. Anyone think that spot around the gap is important? You bet it is. If you watch the market around the hourly close, that's where that came from. There's an error in here. There wasn't four winners on the board. There was a couple of stocks that opened below. They went to the second number. They didn't get to the second number. We'll get to stocks on the move. Again, I was flying blind, so I had a little bit of misinformation in my mind. I regret the error. There. Now, don't kill me about it. Then 57, if the bulls can keep price above the gap, and especially above 329, they'll have another push higher. So you can see here, starting before 10.30, before the first hourly close, I'm already telling you at least three times that it's bullish, how it's bullish, what they need to do to remain bullish, and what happens if they are bullish. What more do you want? Moving right along. We don't expect them to run forever. We're always aware, this is an awareness, of a mid to late morning pivot. It doesn't mean the market's going to fall out of bed. It means that they're either going to go sideways for a while, which, by the way, is what happened, or they will get rejected. Now, we have to gauge the market based on what happens as a result of and after the morning pivot. Welcome to Inside the Numbers. Let's keep moving along. You can pause the video, do your thing. Here's a chart right before lunch. One more thing before lunchtime. The hourly chart has a nice reversal candle. They can certainly work their way down to run some tests, which when you go back to the chart, that is what happened. But from an hourly perspective, the low of today is important. We can also see they're hanging around the most recent breakdown area. That's the one that's been recaptured. It's bullish in its face at present. On its face, it should have been. Closing hourly below means that there's a failure on our hands, and that's the current read leading into lunch. And... Fortunate for many traders, it was the right read. Many traders rode the market up. We take profit along the way. That's what we're trained to do when you treat it as a business. The rest of the notes you can read on your own. The rest is history. The writing was on the wall. That was almost like one of those duck markets. Walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's generally going to be a duck the majority of the time. Once in a blue moon, looks like a duck from afar. As it gets closer, it's something else. We go with what happens the majority of the time using the 80-20 rule. Today was one of those days. It was the duck. Let's take a look at stocks on the move. So what we had was eBay, Spot, and NFE say jump target. We'll take a look at those charts. I want you to get the full picture. CHD, no, that one didn't hit. It was Marvel and PXD that also hit. The only one that didn't was Church and Dwight, CHD. We'll take it from the top. The first one on the board was eBay. The number, the first number was $50.07. They shimmied down closer to the opening bell. They opened below the number. The second number was activated. Painting by the numbers, what did they do? You enter at the second number, they bounced right back to where? The first number. That's a little bit of a rocket ride, a little bit of a better than base hit. You can see what happened from there, and you can also see the numbers were important. eBay, nice quick winner out of the gate. How about Spot? This one 
was kind of a shit burger in the making, gave a lot of traders some angst, turned around after most of them were out. This kind of stuff just happens sometimes. Here's what happened. They opened below the first number. The second number was no good. They blow through it. They closed the first hour at 250. The stop was 253 on hourly close. So if you're painting by the numbers, you're stopping out of the trade. What happens? Well, you see what happened. They turn around and they're all the way up at 268 by the end of the day. This is chalk it up to life of a trader. You just move on to the next trade, which was NFE. 37.55 was on the board. They come into it. They spike through it. They reverse real fast. And what was the high over here by 10.10 in the morning? $40.31. That's a tremendous gain. Also qualifying for a extra bagger. How about Pioneer PXD? Painting by the numbers. Half a position at the first number. Half a position at the second number. What was the low over here? This was the actual number, obviously. The low was $76.99 against 77 put on the board bright and early the rest is history then ensued your rocket ride a back test of the first number and they took off with a rally into the closing bell raise your hand if you think these two numbers were important if you know thy numbers you can find success in the market or at least know somebody that knows thy numbers you always got to have a guy there's a guy for everything how about a little jet fuel in Marvel, MRVL, 3552 on the board bright and early. They hit the number, and here you can see they opened the day at 3610, came into the number, took off, home run, touch them all. By the way, this was one of the mistakes I made. I just realized that they opened below the number. This was when I was flying blind. They opened at 3690 and then took off, so there was nobody in this trade theoretically. And just to re-qualify, I wasn't in any trade. I couldn't access the charts. Before we move on to the other markets, I just want to show the 120 minute of the SPY just to get a point across. After all that stuff today, the reversal, the bottom in the morning, the rally in the afternoon, what did they do? They went up to test a breakdown candle high. Doesn't matter what chart you look at. They did the thing they generally do over and over and over again doesn't mean they won't gap up. Doesn't mean they won't gap down on Friday. We don't know. This is what they did today. The daily chart is beginning to form a bearish flaggish pattern. We know about follow through. Everything I said before is applied. But you have to look at both sides and take it for what it is. They did the thing they generally like to do. And in doing it, it looks really, really bullish at the time. We'll see if they get follow through. How about the IWM? Anything different here with the IWM? Well, they filled that gap, obviously. But here's what we need to know, right? They didn't get above, they got above, they didn't close above the high of yesterday's candle. 155.44 was the number. They tested it, they fell back down, and they closed below. There's no accidents or coincidences. Doesn't mean they will or won't tomorrow. It just means this is what they did today. This is the pattern that's beginning to form. And if they make a change tomorrow, meaning they get above that number and they start going for the gap, then we have something else on our hands. But we take the market at face value each and every day. That's the way we stay umpire calling balls and strikes. Leave your bias in the back pocket. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. They didn't get above yesterday's candle. They ran a test. 
They didn't quite get there. In the end, it's the same routine as the other charts. They're not all going to be in the same exact position, but they're all pretty much doing the same thing. Another case in point, the folks out in Silicon Valley. They eclipsed the high of yesterday, fell back down, closed below it, same routine. The market's in a position where anything can happen, so we don't know. We don't guess. We wait for more information. That's the way this works. Anything different on the XLF chart? Nope, same routine, move it along. Can make a case we have a bottom, can make a case they're going to form or beginning to form a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing. We just don't know yet. Below these moving averages is certainly in the bear camp or on the bear side of the ledger. Hello, can you say divergence? How about Smash Mouth? Smash Mouth was the lone ranger able to eclipse and stay above and close above yesterday's high. What else did they do? They filled the gap by a few pennies, fell back down, but that's more bullish than anything else. So we have to take this as a puzzle piece, put it on the table. Why? Because the semis are a good proxy for the tech space. If the market's going to rally, tech has to participate. Is tech participating? We had earnings after the bell. Let's go check it out. How's Apple doing? Not so good. How's Facebook doing? They were up, they were down, they're stuck. Not good, not bad, nothing. How about Amazon? How about down? Now, let me qualify this. We don't know how these things are going to shape up by the opening bell tomorrow. They can all be up, they could all be down, or we could have a mixed bag like we have after the closing bell. There's your mix. We have Google having a tremendous rally after the close. So nothing definitive on how these stocks may impact the tech sector as a whole, which could have a drag or a pull on the market one way or the other. We'll see. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.